What are you expecting for Easter? Do you know if we don't expect anything, our faith has no power? Telling you the truth. Easter will come and Easter will go and we'll be no better for it. Help me out. When we come into the presence of God on a Sunday, whether it be a Sunday, a Wednesday, a Tuesday, whenever the word of God is being opened, whether praises are being offered, when two or three are gathered and we're in his presence, there should be an expectation rise from the hearts of his people. Should be. What the Bible calls there is now faith. Help me out. Hebrews 11.1. One, now faith. I knew immediately what he wanted from me. I had absolutely nothing to offer. With my conscious mind, I had nothing to offer. I had no expectation that I had placed upon him in this Easter period. Not that I didn't want souls saved, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit and the fire of God to fall, but there was no energy in my expecting. That's the honest truth. I managed to make some pathetic little excuses. I'll read them to you. You may have used them yourself. I'm not an expert on these matters. My mind was hoping to justify itself. I told the Lord I was fine and I didn't need anything. Used that one before, have you? Boy, boy. I told the Lord I was a pastor and that Easter was for the people I would be serving over the weekend. And I told the Lord I didn't have time for expectations. I would be busy looking after the kids down on the Oval. Honest truth. And I knew that was not enough. Isn't our reasonings ever, do our reasonings ever add up to being enough when God asks you that question? Never, unfortunately. Can anyone tell me, if you've been a cathedralite, cathedral praiseite, any length of time, can anyone tell me the three ingredients to faith? Obedience, attitude, expectation. Attitude sweetens obedience. And powers up expectation. Do you know what? The Bible says it can't enter into your heart or into your head the things that God has planned, prepared for those who love him. So this Easter experience literally is going to blow your mind. But as best we can, we've got to energize our mind with some expectation. So God gave us a record, which is God's legal precedent. If you can find it in the word, you can ask for it. He can do it. No questions asked. So what we do is we, we find ourselves in the Word, we find things in the Word to energize our faith. Pastor calls it fertilizing our faith. So I started fertilizing my faith. Without expectation, there is no now faith. And in the moment faith, are ready for something, ready for anything faith. A faith that breaches the walls of mediocrity and runs to God for help. Let me tell you what happened. Out of my heart, out of my spirit came a cry. I need a fresh fire. The moment, the moment 
that happened, my mind started to reason away that thought. Have you ever found yourself in a Hebrews four chapter twelve, Hebrews chapter four verse twelve experience, where the word doth cut asunder soul and spirit? And there's a dividing line right down the middle of me. And what God wanted for me and has spoken to me by his spirit into my spirit. Now my natural mind is arguing. The Bible says the carnal mind is enmity to the things of the spirit. So I put aside what I was naturally thinking. I'm all right. Pastors should always have more fire. As long as I can stay ahead of the people, I'm going to be okay. All, All going through my mind. All in an instant, just a, a flash of thoughts. People still get touched when I preach. There's still a bit of fire when I preach. What's going on? Why do I need a fresh fire? By the end of this, you'll know we all need a fresh fire. Amen. Amen. Man, I feel like my cheeks are going to burn off tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you ready, Weight Watchers, to feel the burn? Here's a prophetic word that God gave me for Easter this morning in the prayer meeting. It comes from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. The Bible says, And being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. There are things in you that God, you have been waiting a long time for God to complete. He's going to finish this Easter. And there are things in you that you've wanted God to start for a long time, and he's going to start them this Easter. Because at the end of this Easter period, there's going to be a new you that comes to church. There is going to be a new you that goes home. There's going to be a new you that wakes up next to your spouse of a morning. There's going to be a new you that parents your kids. There's going to be a new you to friends in this fellowship. Help me out. Because God's going to finish some things he's been working on. And he's going to start some new things that he's been wanting to start for a long time. Hallelujah. That's pretty exciting. So let me give you two opening scriptures. We better get started. And we could be here all night. 1 John 3 verse 8. The Bible says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, and He's coming this Easter, let me tell you, that He might destroy the works of the devil. There is a promise to hang on to. The Son of God is being made manifest this Easter to destroy the works of the devil. I'll explain some of them in a minute. And Luke chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus speaking, I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it was already kindled. Let me tell you something. If we take the words of the man of God that spoke tonight, the prophetic word that came to our hearts tonight, who said, take a promise this week and pray over it. Take a thought from the scriptures this week and get it into your spirit. Get it. That's what's going to happen is God's going to kindle a fire inside of you. And when Wally Odom's going to walk into a blaze next Friday morning, help me out. Let's not wait till he arrives. Let's start to kindle the fire by the spirit of God. Let's start to believe that God's going to do incredible, amazing things that only God can do. Hallelujah. Now that should be the church. That's a church on fire. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give you one of my favorite quotes. It's anonymous. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of argument. Every experience you have, you'll find in the scriptures, it will line up with the truth of the word. God wants to give you an experience to contend with the arguments that go on in the world and in our mind. The Bible says, casting down arguments. 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ in you. Help me out. Corinthians. So God brings his people into an experience, lines up with scripture, and it blows away the argument. You know why we have so many religions today? Because of arguments. Did you know that miracles went out with apostles? I've heard that. And yet I've seen with my own eyes miracles. I don't know what's going on. My experience blew away that argument. Over this Easter period, God is going to give you experiences that will blow away the arguments that have sat around in your mind for such a long time. Because in them you'll find the works of the enemy. Help me out. The greatest battle we ever struggle with is between our ears. It's in the area of our mind. It's in the area of our will. It's in the area of our emotions. So I want to talk to you about the fire of God. I can feel it. I can feel it now. Out of my spirit, with all my heart, I want a fresh fire burning. Because I know the devil's out to get me one way or another. And God says, the fire that I kindle is going to destroy the works of the devil. Some great stories in the Bible about fire. We're going to look at a couple tonight. I want you to notice a couple of things. Firstly, that a fire is a revealer. In Scripture, the fire of God is a revealer. Number two, the fire of God is a refiner. Study of the natural reveals a likeness in the spiritual. Hebrews 12.29 says, Our God is a consuming fire. In order to reveal, sometimes God has to remove. God has to consume the waste. Help me out. He's got to burn stuff away. He's got to remove things so that what is in there can be revealed. Like washing the dirt off your muddy kids and reveal the beautiful nature and virtues of them. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word, God speaking, like a fire that refines, that reveals? In Isaiah 4, 4, the Holy Spirit is likened to a fire where he is called the spirit of burning. Have you ever felt the fire of God? When I'm talking to young people, I say to them, if you, want, if you, need to, if you want to recognize the presence of God, you've got to look for natural things happening in unusual circumstances. So you get goosebumps, but you're not cold. I'll give you an example. Yeah? You get sweaty palms, but you sit in an air conditioning. You're watching telly and there's lightning bolts going up and down your backbone. I get hot spots. I don't know why on my back. I feel like there's a brand. On the street, I feel like there's a brand in the top left corner of my back. Just like a fire. And sometimes God only manifests in one part of your body. You get a red hot right hand or a red hot left finger. Or you get red ears. Or you get red ears. Or my cheeks get all blushed. Have you ever looked into somebody's eyes and gone... Every now and then I see it in pastor's eyes when he looks at me. I see the fire of God in him. It's incredible. Well, God wants to bring a fresh fire into your spirit, but there's a purpose behind it. God wants us to roll around in his presence in the fire of God, front side and back side. Why is that? Because when we get to heaven, he says, well done, 
good, faithful servant. How many like your steak? Well done. God likes his Christians. Well done. Front side. Backside. Well done. I like the fire. When you read the scriptures, it seems that God's fire is split up into two categories. One is because of his love. One is because of his hatred. One is tied to judgment. The other is tied to his passion, his love for his people. We're going to talk about his love for his people because the fire of judgment is about damnation. It's about condemnation. Its ultimate reality is in the lake of fire where even hell itself, which is a fear for all of us, is actually thrown into because hell hell in in its essence is actually just a holding place for the moment of those souls who've gone to the other side without knowing Jesus Christ. God takes hell itself and throws it into the lake of fire that burns in his presence day and night. Frightful thought. I'm just going to make reference to this so you know. Revelation 20 verse 15 says, And anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Lord Jesus, have mercy. But when it comes to the fire of refining, there's a a component there of separation, us and the world. The world in us and God's ways. There's a fire of separation. There's a fire of refining in there. But God wants to bring out the pure silver, the the pure gift inside of us. And there's 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 a component of the removal of dross the Bible talks about. There's also the fire of discipline where you know you've done the wrong thing and you're already nervous, you're already scared, but the discipline is going to bring about the peaceable fruits of righteousness and you need the peaceable fruits of righteousness. Help me out. Yeah. It's interesting because the Bible says one day you and I are going to stand before him and we're going to present our works to him and the Bible says the fire is going to test those works of what kind they are. And that day we'll declare all the motives and all the intents of our heart. Isn't that a scary day? Now that's about the fire of discipline. That's not a judgment, that's for reward. God wants to literally bring the best out in us. Help me out, saints. God's all the time wanting to bring the best out in us. He's all the time wanting to show us what we are capable of if we give our lives entirely to him, our minds entirely to him. You know what stands on this property? is a testimony to men and women who've given their hearts, given their minds, given their wills to God. And what is possible? Not even a full lifetime yet. Is it incredible or what? What can God do with us in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? God's going to start some things over this Easter. They're going to take some little while to unpack, little while to unwrap, little while to get our head around, little while to get the resources for, but it's all in his plan. And the fire of God's going to reveal some things. And the fire of God's going to refine some things. Because there's a few things that have to get moved out of the way. There's a few things that have to get separated. There's a few disciplines that have to be put in place. I know that for a fact. And of course you know it as well. Malachi chapter 3 verse 2 talks about the refiner's fire. 1 Corinthians 3.13 talks about the fire That'll test our works. Let me tell you straight. At some point as a Christian, we all pass through fire. And it's not a one-off. And it's not ongoing. 
God does with the fire when he needs to. Help me out. God brings us into the place of purging when he needs to. And Easter is a time of holy convocation. And it is a time of holy conversation. And God's going to burn the ear out of it, the, the wax out of our ears with the fire of his spirit over this Easter period so he can set some things straight that we've been believing a wrong time. Crooked paths he's going to realign. Mountains that have risen up in our minds he's going to flatten them out. Valleys that we've been living in too long he's going to raise up. Help me out, saints. Come on. Because that's the sort of thing that God does. You know what the Bible says? Incredible thought. Multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. And God says, give those people to me and I'll lift them right up out of that valley. Let me tell you. People go around and around the mountain year after year. And God says, give those people to me and I'll flatten that mountain out in a second. Because that's the sort of thing that God does when his fire turns up. God wants to put his fire in us, burn in us. So we can be a light in the world. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Let me read something to you. Isaiah says, 43.2, When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. That's right, Pastor. <laughs> Nor shall the flame scorch you, because I'm with you. Whew. Picture of that is in Exodus chapter 3 where Moses stood before the burning bush. The Bible says God was in the flame of fire. The bush was burning, but it was not consumed. Isn't that interesting? Listen to this. The ultimate purpose of the fire of God is to usher in a new revelation of God himself. Every time the fire of God comes into your life to purge, to cleanse, to refine, to discipline, God wants to bring a new revelation into your life of himself. That's what the fire of God's purpose is. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. We're going to turn there there real quick. Because the picture we get in John the Baptist and Jesus is this very thing. John the Baptist was the forerunner. He was the man they said was a burning Shining light, John 5, 35. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 and 12 says, I indeed baptize you with water, John speaking, unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Listen to this. Goes straight on. We don't stop there. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into barns, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Peter says, think it not strange when you fall into various fiery trials. The origins of fires are very diverse in Scripture. But with God's people, the outworking of them always has his hand on them. I'm going to show you in the scriptures in just a second. We go into various trials and say, God, why don't you like me anymore? What did I do? It's all wrong. I'll tell you what the purpose of the fiery trial is. To usher in a new revelation of God into your life. Because a person with an experience never has to worry about the arguments. Help me out. We never stand beneath an argument and go, oh my goodness, I don't have an answer. When you have an experience, you have the answer. And there's no more questions, there's no more arguments. You've torn down the high thing, that strong thing that seeks to exalt itself against the knowledge of God in your life. 
The fire of God comes into our lives to usher in a new revelation, one that you'll live with for the rest of your life. I've read all the scriptures. I told Pastor I've been driving this week just to do a visit. I've read all the scriptures about healing. But that faith that I had was never tested until I got really sick. And then I had all the arguments, the argument of pain. Help me out, saints. The argument of time. How long, O oh Lord, David said. Have you, have you been through the argument of time? I have. I guarantee many of you have. The argument of physical pain. The argument of brokenness. The argument of being broke. And God still wants to prosper. I remember, and listen, I took our last $20 out of the bank to put in an offering. The last $20 we had in the world to put in an offering because we were always going to tithe. And we lived on Weet-Bix for weeks as God fired our faith. Amen. Hallelujah.